The winter meetings have officially come to an end at the end of the week, and we're just going to do a quick roundup, look around the league, talk about the moves that happen, where that leaves the Detroit Tigers for the remainder of the still very long offseason ahead of us. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, December 9th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you cover this season, will props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, we are back, baby. Final episode of the week. Uh, winter meetings have officially come and now gone. And that is the end of what is almost assuredly the most exciting week of the offseason around the game of baseball. I will say, well, I was going to say, uh, like, I hope that it's not the most exciting week for the Tigers, but it's so spread out from here on out. Like, there's no events. There's not, none of this is happening anymore. There's no meetings. There's no, oh, like, oh, there, you know, the third week of February, everyone makes moves. Like, that doesn't happen from here on out. It's just everybody on their own pace and at their own time and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I don't, I guess that's not really fair to say because, you know, we might make, we make one move every week the rest of the year. You know, nothing is probably still as exciting as winter meetings. So let's just talk. Let's just talk. Let's riff, if you will, about the Tigers and really about baseball as a whole. And I I know that at the end of these episodes this week, we were talking uh, about moves that had happened and and whatnot. And so I want to do that again and just kind of take a look around the league because I do think that really all moves affect the Tigers, whether you like it or not. Like, I, I think that they either set markets, they add to markets, or they're players you wanted. And I, I genuinely think that that every move can be somewhat pertained to your favorite team, no matter what your team is, and no matter what team's move you're talking about. So let's start with a move that we were reportedly in on early. And so I think that that's a good place to start. Wilson Contreras, catcher, longtime catcher for the Chicago Cubs, goes to the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a phenomenal deal. Like, this is one where I look at it and I go, I would have done that in a heartbeat. I would have. Wilson Contreras has a career OPS over 800 from the catcher position. And the AAV on his deal over five years with the Cardinals is like pretty comfortably less than what the qualifying offer was this year. And if you know how the qualifying offer works, you know that as the years go on and players get paid more, the QO is only going to go up and up. And it was just under 20 mil this year. And Wilson Contreras' contract, he declined the qualifying offer from the Cubs, by the way, and got a few mil less than the QO, but got it stretched out over five years. I'd have done that in a heartbeat, man. I really would. Um, And I know that the defense isn't like stellar, right? 
But this is a, again, career OPS over 800. And three years from now, if you're looking around and going, okay, this dude can't catch anymore. The defense has completely plummeted. Well, then guess what? You have an 820 OPS DH slash whatever. You want to throw him in left a couple of games. He's done that, I guess. You want to teach him how to play first on a more consistent basis. You can do that, I guess. But, like, I, I don't know. For the money they gave him, especially look around at some of the other contracts in baseball that were handed out this week, I really like the Contreras deal a lot. I think it's a great move for the Cardinals. They obviously future Hall of Famer most likely, Yadier Molina out of the picture, and they have to replace that position. They go out and get the best catcher available in all of free agency. And uh, probably what first or second best catcher available in baseball because Murphy's going to get traded for sure, but that's not a free agent signing. So, uh, yeah, they, they played the market well. Hats off to them as much as it pains me to say it. And yeah, that's a deal that I absolutely would have done. Um, and that's a, a really, really nice value deal for the Cardinals. I, I like it a lot. Next, where do we want to go after that? I guess we can just kind of go down the list of some of the big moves that were made. Xander Bogarts to the San Diego Padres. That is the example of a deal I would not have done. Uh, no disrespect to Xander Bogarts whatsoever. He's one of the, the better shortstops in the game of baseball for sure. Um, but he he scares me a little bit, man. Um, Xander's profile just kind of freaks me out long term. Uh, you gave, what, 11 years? Is that what he ended up getting? 9, 10, 11 years? Uh, I mean, I don't know. The AAV isn't that bad. I don't think that the yearly pay for Xander is necessarily some atrocious, oh my goodness, that's such an overpay. But I, I do worry about the years. Like he, he's had one really kind of good defensive season. Like he wasn't a good defender really until this year. And we also know that defensive metrics, as we learned with Jonathan Scope this year, and we've talked about it a lot on the show, some of them are heavily based on positioning. And that's not an advantage he's going to have going forward as the shift is going away, right? So Jonathan Scope's OAA, that was like 30 and led all of baseball this year, is not going to be that high next year. And that doesn't mean he's a bad defender. It just means he can't get the positional advantage that he got this year. And I think Xander Bogarts might suffer from the same thing. I also think that with Xander, this season was a weird one offensively. You're obviously paying him for the bat, and I'm not denying that. And I'm not saying he's a bad bat. I would love Xander Bogarts to be in the Tigers lineup, right? He'd be the best hitter on the team two seconds after signing pen to paper, right? But this year was a weird year. His ground ball rate for the first half of the season, I'd say, was alarmingly high. And he did fix it a little bit in the second half. Fine. He fixed it. It's not going to happen again. I guess you can try and argue sharp. He had, what, five home runs outside of Fenway Park? Uh, and he didn't have that high, of a home run, that high of a home run total period on the season. But I think he had five homers away from Fenway. A lot of ground balls for, for several months this season. Still had a, a OPS in the 800s. Still a very good hitter. Still hits the ball hard. Absolutely. Um, but... A guy that, I don't know, there's just a lot of question marks to me. And when you're looking at what the Padres, like, look at that defense now. What is that? That defense is going to be probably Manny at third for sure. Uh, Xander, I'd imagine, is your shortstop. 
Then Kim moves over to second, Cronenworth the first, and then you have Tatis and Soto in the corners of the outfield. I mean, that's – I don't know. I think there's some question marks on that defensively and how well that's going to work out. Uh, but at the end of the day, hitting solves most. I'm not going to say all, but most – um, but I mean, there's a lot of question marks on that Padres team, but clearly they're just going all out and I respect it. Uh, I'm never gonna, I'm never, ever going to fault a team for spending quote unquote too much money. I, I am pro paying, uh, players as much as, <laughs> as you are comfortable. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about going all in. I'm all about the Nebrowski method. Uh, I mean, let's see what happens, but uh, I, am not losing sleep over like my baseball team, not giving out that kind of money to Xander Bogarts. I'm, I'm good on that, but we'll see what happens. He's also already 30, 11 year deal. I don't know. A lot of question marks, a lot of question marks. All right, let's keep the ball rolling. We'll talk about some more news and notes from the league. And we'll also, we will at the end of the show, this is how I keep you guys hooked. All right. This is how I keep everybody hooked at the very end of the show. I'm going to talk about two players, Three players that I think are in the mix for the Tigers as the offseason goes on, too. That, that's called a hook, all right? But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Built Bar. We got to stop the show and just talk about Built Bar. It's been a while since I've been able to tell you all about our good friends over at Built Bar. But they have some new holiday flavors, and they are amazing. Cookie Dough Topper, Coconut Brownie Bar, and the Coconut Brownie Topper. While chocolate peppermint granola, it's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and insanely tasty. They have a candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. They're for real amazing. They send us some, and I they I inhale them. They're amazing. Uh, if you haven't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein, protein bars I've ever had in my life and probably the best ones ever built. No pun intended, but also kind of intended. They are revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, but also 17 grams of protein and a shockingly low sugar and calorie number, 130 calories in a protein bar. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you try these new Built Bar flavors and then the magical, wonderful time after you taste them. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. Well, it's kind of unanswerable. They're kind of amazing. But I would say that the coconut brownie is something I've never really had before. And they're all amazing. And you can get a mixed box with several different flavors in it. You got to try it. And you can get 15% off of your order right now by using code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, check on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today It's available on the app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All righty, let's get back to business. Let's just jump right back into it. We don't need a cool transition or anything. Let's just start talking ball, Okay. Talked about Contreras and Xander. Uh, Yoshida to the Red Sox. One of the big Japanese players that was posted 
he I, I love his style of play. I'm a big fan of the deal. I know some people think that it was a little bit of an overpay for somebody that uh, has, has never, you know, never faced major league pitching. And I totally get that kind of reservement. But this dude's style is like he doesn't strike out ever. He doesn't swing and miss ever. Like his K rate and his swing and miss rate would have been, I think, the second lowest in baseball this year if if it was happening in the MLB. And, and I know it wasn't, and we'll see how he transitions. I'm not expecting him to have those same numbers year one, but I think, what, did he get a five-year deal? I, I really like it. I, I really do. You're, you're essentially getting him for presumably his entire prime. If not, I mean, close to most of his career probably coming over at 29 years old. Um, the Red Sox desperately need kind of a leadoff hitter. They've had some really, really poor production from the leadoff spot of the last few years. And I think that this is kind of a prototype leadoff hitter if he can draw walks at a decent clip at the major league level. So I'm a huge fan of it. I really, really like it. Now they added that and they lost Xander and now they have a huge hole at shortstop and we'll get to that later on. But, um, I think that not quite like evening out for sure. Like Xander is, is obviously, you know, a, a, been an all-star and is one of the the core players of the last decade of Red Sox baseball, but at least they added something. And, and I don't mind the money they gave him, to be honest with you. Um, Taiwan Walker, Philadelphia, you know, pretty, pretty big money, but I think that's a that's a, a state of the market. I don't think that's necessarily like holy overpay. What is Philadelphia doing? A, Dombrowski doesn't care. And the, clearly ownership allows him to not care about overpaying. But B, I think that it really is a, a sign of the market. We saw pitchers around that like crop and that tier of pitchers all go for legitimate money and, and like probably money that if they got it last off season, we'd be looking around going, Holy cow, that seems like a, a crazy overpay. But this year, this is, this seems to be the market for a lot of those caliber of starting pitchers. And that's why we'll talk about this next week, more in depth, I think, but that's why a lot of people are starting to look around and, and point to Eduardo Rodriguez and go, I think we might want to trade him because he's opting out. <laughs> He's he's only making, depending on the year, like four or six million dollars more than what we're paying Matthew Boyd this year. And I know everybody likes to clown on what happened to the Erod situation this year and whatever. The fact of the matter is, he is a very good middle rotation arm, and uh, even like a number two, like he has literally been a number two on a playoff team and been in a rotation of a World Series winning team. And and like whether y'all like it or not, like he's he's good and. I, I don't know, man. If that's gonna if that's the new market for starting pitchers, I have a hard time believing that that Erod's not gonna opt out. And so that's a whole different conversation. We'll talk about that. That was first brought up, I believe, first brought up by Cody Stavenhagen of the Athletic. Uh, so so that's definitely uh, a got amazing work. Cody's the man, uh, great dude too. But that is that's I believe the first person that kind of looked around and went, hey, I'm starting to think like this might be an option. And a lot of people have really broken that down. And uh, I, I I don't know. I, I kind of agree. I'm not really sure if, if this is the new market for starters. That's the kind of money Taiwan Walker and um, like Jamison Tyone for the Cubs. That's the kind of money they're getting. Uh, Erod Erod can probably get a payday. 
if he just stays healthy this year? And do the Tigers really want to risk him staying healthy? A whole different conversation, okay? We're, we're going to get into it next week. I'll break it down more. But uh, that that's definitely something that, again, like Taiwan Walker to Philadelphia pertains to your baseball team because guess what? That's now the market for starting pitchers. And honestly, I don't want to be the one to say it, but Matt Boyd for 10 mil is pretty much on par with what the market was this year. David Robertson for the Mets got one year 10 mil. I don't know if you're familiar with David Robertson, but he's a one-inning reliever, and he's not going to be a high-leverage one-inning reliever for that Mets team. <laughs> and he got the same contract as Matt Boyd, who's going to be one of our starters. Again, not saying that, that you know, he, he didn't double his salary by not pitching this year. He objectively did. I'm just saying it play, makes a little bit more sense after winter meetings and given what the market has turned out to be. Uh, Kenley Jansen for the Red Sox, speaking of market, like Edwin Diaz kicked us off with that huge contract and now relievers are getting paid. And that's why you were able to get the return you got for Joe Jimenez as well. Again, other, other people's moves pertain to you. They always do. So uh, I think that this was another reason why like the start, the reliever market was also booming. And I think that that's why you were able to get arguably the best offensive prospect from a, uh, somebody's system for a year of a one-inning reliever, a one-season of a one-inning reliever. You were able to get a team's best hitting prospect by some people, and I, I think that the Canley deal, the Edwin Diaz deal, the Astros have signed a couple of relievers to big money. I, I think that that's why. So there you go. I guess hats off to the rest of baseball for paying relievers a lot of money. It helped us in our trade, trade endeavors a little bit. Uh, Aaron Judge to New York. Uh, that was something I said all along. That was, uh, and not that that was like I was on an island. A lot of people believe that, but um, yeah, that that was one that was not super surprising. I got a little nervous. Not, I, not nervous. Like you know, if he went to San Francisco, that would have been awesome. Like not nervous in the sense that I, I, I'm like scared for the Yankees. Oh no, um, but. I uh, I was really thinking that he was going to go to New York on like Tuesday night, New York, San Francisco. I thought he was leaving New York on like Tuesday night. And, and I know the John Heyman thing happened and whatever. But even besides that, a lot of other reporters were saying like the lobby of of the room and in winter meetings uh, was kind of like, hey, we're all hearing that judge is accepting the Giants offer. And I think that he played him. I think he played him like a fiddle. I, I think he. Kept, I think he only used the Giants just to keep raising the price because he knew that they were not going to get outbid. And every time they bumped the price, he went to New York and went, would you match this? And they said yes every time. And now he's a Yankee and he's going to be the next captain of the Yankees. I think he played San Francisco like a fiddle. And uh, it worked out for him. So props. Nine years, $360 million. Not bad, bud. <laughs> not bad. Uh, David Robertson, who I already talked about, I wanted to, to address that just because the salary is the exact same as Matt Boyd's kind of puts that into perspective a little bit. Uh, the Mets also had a busy day on Thursday. They also brought back, brought back Brandon Nimmo. This was somebody that some Tigers fans were kind of pointing to and were like, Hey, we should take a look. Uh, it, it would have been nice. Obviously, like any of these dudes would have been nice. Like we, we have a lot of holes to fill on this team still, but I don't know. I, I honestly, I never thought he was leaving New York. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's short sighted, but uh, I it ended up being what happened. I, I never thought that that he was going to leave the Mets. Um, 
he he's a he's a darn good ball player for sure. But the Tigers desperately need a right-handed hitting outfielder. And I know that Nimmo put up like a five-win season or whatever. And who cares about righty-lefty when you're an all-star caliber player? I agree with you. I would have loved him on the team. But I don't think that that was that high of a priority for a 30-year-old that also isn't the handness that we're really trying to utilize. He's also a kind of a roller coaster of a career. A uh, couple of really good years, some not-so-great years in the middle of that. I certainly don't think the Tigers were looking to give him 20 AAV over eight years. Eight years really is the kicker for that. I don't mind 20 AAV uh, for Nimmo, but maybe over like four or five. Eight years is, is a little much. But I think that's a theme throughout the entire market this year. I thought everybody free agency-wise was really looking at, hey, we'll knock down the AAV by what? Five mil, maybe even 10 mil. If you add on two, three, even four years to the end of the offer you were making, I think Turner did it. I think Bogarts did it. Um, and, and I think Nimmo did it. And probably a few others, to be honest with you. So maybe that's the the, the new wave. Maybe people want, want long-term safety over like the Correa Twins deal. I don't know. But that is that that seemed to be a trend for position players at least. This week, uh, let's get to the rest. And then, like I said, we'll end the show with a couple of players that I think Tigers fans should keep their eyes on about potentially being Detroit Tigers. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. So couple of names I want to address. I'm through all of the signings I want to talk about. I want to talk about the players that are still available now. Carlos Correa, obviously the biggest one. Um, yeah, man, he's really good, and he won't be a Tiger. <laughs> That's pretty much all there is to it in my eyes. About where he'll go, you know, he's kind of a wild card to me, man. Like, he could end up anywhere. He could be uh, – like, he could be a Cub. He could be uh, – I don't think – there was a report that the Dodgers fans won't allow the front office to get Correa. That's kind of funny to me. Imagine having that much power as a fan, A, but also B, imagine having such a good organization that you're like, yeah, I would rather not have one of the best shortstops in baseball, and I know we'll be fine and have the best record in the league next year anyway. That's that's a crazy mindset to have. Um, so my expectation as it stands right now on Thursday night is for Carlos Correa to be a San Francisco Giant. I think that Judge played them, and I think that – with not in like a negative connotation. That is his agent's job. But I think uh, I think Judge kind of took them for a ride a little bit. And I also think a few other free agents have, to be honest with you. And, yeah, I kind of at this point fully expect the Giants to just throw a boatload – of money at Carlos Correa because I don't think they want to leave the offseason completely empty-handed when they were expecting Aaron Judge. And I think that they're going to go, you know what? They have taken the last like three, four years to clear off their ridiculous budget. Like it, it was their, their budget sheet was nuts. They had so much dead money and retired money and, and old money and, and like, it took them a few years to finally kind of balance that sheet out. 
And they were like, all right, all balanced out. Let's throw a ton of money at Judge, get him to come here. We're not going to be outbid. And they were. So I think that they don't want to leave with nothing. And Correa is still pretty young. You can give him a long-term deal and feel good about it. I, I think that Carlos Correa is going to be a giant. That's my expectation. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. I'm wrong sometimes. It happens. The other one, Dansby Swanson. That is the other shortstop available, the other big-name shortstop that's still on the market. Uh, I am, have my eyes narrowed down to two teams for Dansby, okay? I think that he is going to be a St. Louis Cardinal or a Los Angeles Angel. Those are my two guesses for Swanson. I think if he goes to St. Louis, they're going to create, like, the greatest infield defense to ever exist. And Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Dansby Swanson. Uh, and I think if he goes to L.A., look, the Angels have had a really active offseason. They're also trying to sell their team. I think they want as many big-name players as they can during the sale of the, sale of the team. And I think that that's a really good fit. That's an organization that, that needs a shortstop. They need hitters around uh, the two big stars over there, obviously. And uh, he's a good defender, too, even if the bat doesn't show up on a year-in and year-out basis over the whatever six, seven, eight years you give him. So uh, those are my two guesses for right now for Dansby. Okay, I think that's kind of it for the news and notes of winter meetings. Let's really quickly just take the end of the show and talk about some players that I think Tigers fans should kind of keep tabs on. One is Brandon Drury. That's that's a like first and probably foremost. Um, he is he went into the offseason as the best third baseman on the market, and he is still a free agent. You have the Tigers' biggest need for 2023 is third base. They literally do not have one on the 40-man roster right now. So I I think that that's someone to at least keep tabs on. He's had a weird career. Uh, there there's was a solid three or four years there where he wasn't an everyday starter, but then he was this year and he did really well. Uh, definitely in a, in a loaded lineup and whatnot, but still did really well, like a 500-something slugging percentage, ha, has put up a close to or around a 30 home run season. Like uh, he He's a thumper. He's going to hit the ball hard and far. And he's, his walk rate's about six-ish percent year in and year out. And I know that's not quite the, the identity, as we said yesterday, that Scott Harris is really trying to bring in. But I also think that he has versatility down the road. Uh, he, he can play multiple positions in the infield, throw him at corner outfield if you really want to. Uh, and I think that he can play third until your long-term option at third is ready. And Drury's only 30. And then after that, you have a utility player that can play 120 games at a different position every night like Nico Goodrum used to do. And But this time, he has a 500 slugging percentage. I, I don't mind that at all. So that's someone to keep an eye on for. I think... In the same breath, versatility-wise, you can look at Brian Anderson. That's someone we've talked about before this offseason in our third baseman episode as well, just like Drury. He's still on the market. And he is much more along the lines of what Scott Harris is trying to build here, I think. Uh, dang near a 10% walk rate for his career. Very good. Works counts. Uh, in the last two years, since 2020, 
Uh, I, I guess it it is his slugging percentage has really taken a dip. Like he was a three win player for two years in a row. Like he almost put up back to back three win seasons um, uh, in 2017 and 18, I believe. Maybe it was 18, 19, but still, like he he's put up some some pretty darn good seasons. He's a average defender pretty much everywhere you put him. He can play the corners and play third as well. You can probably try and throw him at second if you really need to uh, down the road, but. And he again, like not not anything. He's not a huge negative defender, uh, but he's uh, year in and year out, maybe slightly negative, but around net zero defensively. Um, but again, the walk rate is is higher for him, and I think that he might fill, fit the bill a little bit more than Drury. And I also think that you can still get that versatility factor. And importantly for Illich, I think Anderson would be pretty comfortably cheaper than Brennan Drury as well so take a look at those and keep an eye on those two guys now the big one i have convinced myself that this is happening i'm so convinced that this is going to happen and somebody asked me about it a couple of weeks ago and i think i just kind of shrugged it off and was like eh, maybe i've looked again this is happening okay so if you if you're the one that asked me that question i apologize to you because i'm a different man than i was two weeks ago and now i see the vision and I see the light, and I'm all in on it, and I am so confident we are signing this gentleman. Will Myers will be a Detroit Tiger. I'm so convinced. Okay, hear me out. Year in and year out throughout his career, he is somewhere between like a one and a half and a two and a half win player. Okay, and that is not like the star all-star caliber player that people once thought he was going to be when he was in Tampa, but it's a solid everyday player. We did, had like zero almost. Javi ended up having a, having an okay war, but well, not really for paying him, but you get my point compared to everybody else. I would have done anything for last year's Tigers, 2022's Tigers, to just have a couple of two-win players. That was the world to this team. So Will Myers can get you that. He can get. He's had a, a few two-win seasons. He, I think he peaked at like a four-win season, but that was probably six or seven years ago now. Uh, and he's going to give you around that one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half win season. Just a solid everyday starter at the major league level. Every team needs those, even the really good ones. Okay. He is a right-handed hitting outfielder, which Scott Harris has been on record as saying he very much wants. He also is a safety valve at first base if Torkelson struggles again, which we know the Tigers want. They have been very open about the fact that they will not let what happened last year happen again at first base, where if Torkelson struggles, they just don't have a plan B. And Harold Castro is your first baseman for two months when you out of nowhere, right? They're going to have a safety valve option. That's two birds with one stone with Will Myers. And he has a career 10% walk rate, which is a really solid number. He can also run into some homers. We saw that in San Diego. He has he has some okay pop. He's going to have a mid-400 slugging percentage. He's also Mr. Consistency with the OPS. Outside of the 2020 COVID season, that was, you know, whatever, 50, 60 games most players played. His OPS has pretty much, in every full season he's played, never been below 700 and never been above 800. 
he <laughs> he's going to give you solid defense. He's a slightly above average defender at the corner outfield position and at first base. I'm telling you, I have convinced myself that this is happening. I am all in. I think Will Myers is going to be a Detroit Tiger. I'm very convinced of it. And when I'm wrong, I allow everyone to laugh at me. That's totally cool. But I'm all in. I'm sold. And really, I think what I overlooked the first time when I was looking at it a few weeks ago, it might have been the outfield show or one of the mailbag shows or something. I didn't realize that he doesn't chase very many pitches and that he walks a really solid amount. And again, righty outfielder and safety valve at first and, and, and I think he, I think that's the fit. He's only 31. I think let's check really quickly before I send you on your way. Yeah. 31 years old. Oh, okay. He turns 32 literally tomorrow. Great. So he's 32, <laughs> turns 32 tomorrow. Everybody wish Will Myers a happy birthday. He's going to be your future outfielder. Um, and yeah, I think you can nail that down for two or three years. Maybe have some unoptions sprinkled in there somewhere, but two or three year deal, not the most expensive in the world. I've convinced myself of it. So now I'm trying to convince you of it too. And you can laugh in my face. That's totally fine. Uh, I'm, you know, there's 29 other teams. <laughs> He's probably not coming here, but he is. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. For your next listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's all I got. Fun week. Very, very fun week for baseball. Let's keep the ball rolling. The Tigers will make more moves. I promise you. I know people are impatient. They want more. They want more major league talent. I understand. I am with you for the millionth time. Long offseason ahead of us. Still like three months to go until like even the beginning, like players start reporting. We got plenty of time. Still get some talent. And those are some names to probably keep tabs on. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I will catch y'all. Oh, you made it this far. Here's a little surprise. We have interviewed someone on the 40-man roster, and it's one of the new additions. Um, Yeah. You know, like when the, hey, we need to protect players for the Rule 5 draft, and we added five like of our better prospects to the Rule 5. One of those five gentlemen, <laughs> uh, I have an interview. It's already done. So like, I know it's getting posted. So that'll be next week. It might even be Monday. It's either going to be Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. That's the word. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be fun. He's a stat nerd. So buckle up because I have so much vindication knowing that the actual professional ball players are analytics nerds like me sometimes. All right. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I'll catch y'all next week, baby. Go Tigers.